And when we look at the Christmas story, I believe that Mary and Joseph, but mostly Mary, had that word from God. And she had to do something with that word. Because there were many times throughout her story that it didn't look like it was coming to pass, right? From the beginning all the way till the end when she saw her son die on the cross. And today I think that we're all in that place, whether right now or maybe next week or maybe next month, or you have been maybe in your past, that you've had this word that you've gotten from the Lord and it's not coming to past. <laughs> Actually, it's going the opposite direction, right? And you're like, God, what is wrong? What am I doing wrong? What did I miss? Is your word not true? And today I believe that God has shown us through this story that his word never fails. Never fails. Actually, it is established for eternity. And that's what I want to talk about today is what do we do with what God has said over our life? What do we do with what God has said over our life? So we imagine Mary and how she might have felt at his crucifixion. Before he was even born, she was told, right, by the angel, she didn't ask for this encounter, she was told by the angel Gabriel that he would be the deliverer of Israel. But now he's arrested, he's scorned, he's mocked, he's killed like a criminal in a very humiliating way, and he died. So it looked like her promise died. It looked like she heard wrong or the angel lied, right? It looked like all was lost. So what must have gone wrong? Well, here we're going to talk about this morning a few ways to really work through these words seemingly gone wrong, okay? Now, first we're going to look at the angel. In Luke 1, what did the angel call Mary? He called her blessed and highly favored one, right? Blessed are you among women, women. And she's thinking, yeah, right? Seriously, you're calling me that? Because the promise you're giving me costs a lot. The promise you're giving me is going to cause me to be shut out of my community, to be scorned because I'm about to have a baby out of wedlock. So we see Mary deal with this word that is seemingly beautiful and wonderful, but right away, she knew she was going to have to go against culture. And she was going to have the whole entire community look down on her because of this word that God gave her. But Mary, being a 14-year-old pregnant, out of wedlock, young girl, decided to reaffirm her identity with the Lord. Right? She decided to dig in to what God said about her, to dig into who God told her she was. And I believe that we need to do that as well. When we have words or we have promises and we don't feel it, and it's actually hurting, like we're paying the price for the promises of God. We're making the sacrifices, right? Maybe it's in your career. Maybe it's with family members. But that promise costs you something. 
then it's time to dig into who God said you are. I am the righteousness of God. I have right standing with him in Jesus Christ. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter what the doctor said, right? My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I belong to him. I'm the head and not the tail. I only go up and not down in life. I trust and obey God. These are things that we have to stand in when our circumstances are telling us, you look like you made a mistake. You look like your life is a mess, right? We stand in who God called us to be in our identity. And we see Mary doing that in Luke 1, verse Luke 1, verse 38, she says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. Mary did it. She, she declared that I am his servant and I will do whatever he's called me to do. Doesn't matter what the price. Let it be according to your word. We reaffirm to our heart who God says you are. You see, when we do that, the enemy has no power over you. The enemy's power is lost when we affirm who God says we are. So when God said, seems like it's difficult, the promise, the prophetic word, the word of God come alive as rhema in our heart, we have to dig our heels in and affirm our identity in Christ. Then we see the shepherds. You see, they had an encounter. We saw the little boys looking up. <laughs> they, were, they were looking up at the angels when they were out in their pastures. It says they lived out there taking care of their sheep. And Jesus sent his angels to, to, to declare the word of the Lord that he was sending the deliverer of Israel. In Luke 2.17, it says after they heard the angels declare who Jesus was going to be, it says when they had seen him, they made known the statement which had been told about them, this child. So the, she the shepherds received that word and they decided to declare that word. They decided to get it out there, right? They were not denying what God said. They said, this is what God said over your baby, Mary. And Mary and Joseph again received this word about who their baby was. Along with the shepherds, we know came the wise men with gifts affirming that Jesus was going to be someone special. And what did they do with these words from the shepherds and the wise men? They did something very important that I believe we need to do as well. In Luke 2.19, it says, But Mary treasured all these things pondering them in her heart. When we receive a word from God, when we receive a call on our lives, when we, when we see our children have an anointing resting over them, just like Mary did, we treasure them in our heart. We ponder them in our heart. When you look at the word treasure, it's santerio, and it means to keep close. You know, when you have a treasure, you make a big deal about it. It gets a special place in your house. It doesn't go down in the basement with the rest of the junk, right? No, it goes in a nice box and placed on your mantle. That's what Mary did with this word of God. She treasured it. 
It means to preserve, to keep safe, to not lose it. Don't forget what God has said over your children. Don't forget what God has said over your life. Even if it was 20 years ago, his word doesn't return void. We have to keep it in our mind lest it be forgotten. So I'm going to ask you, what has God spoken over you? What has God spoken over your family? Sometimes it's terrifying to go back there. Sometimes it's like, I can't even do that. I can't. It's too painful. It looks like it's over. It's not going to happen. No, treasure that word. I, th- I think I've talked about it before, but my older son, Dominic, when he was a two-year-old baby, he picked up a book, and it had some pictures of hungry children in it. And it was like the anointing fell in the living room in a very practical, unusual way. And I knew in that moment that he was going to the mission field. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know how far or how big, and, but I took that, and I just put it in my heart. And I just let it sit there in a special place, ready, right? ready so that when he decided not to go to college (laughs) and to go to Haiti instead for six months for a YWAM program, I knew that was a fulfillment of God's word over his life because I treasured it. I didn't let it be lost. I didn't let it be forgotten. And you have those words too. Don't forget where they are. Don't forget what he said. And again, she pondered them. And ponder is a very interesting word. We don't use it very often, but ponder actually has some, a little bit of confliction with it. It means question or to consider. It means to confer with or to consult. So when I look at that scripture verse, when she pondered it in her heart, I think about her talking to the Holy Spirit about the word she had been given. Like, Holy Spirit, what is this all about? These kings are coming to give these gifts to my baby. Why? Why did they travel from far away and give us these gifts? What is this? And it's okay to do that. When you have a word from the Lord, it's okay to sit it at his feet and go, Holy Spirit, you've got to explain this to me because this doesn't make sense, right? I'm called into ministry, but I have a full-time job and five kids to take care of, right? Like, go to him. Talk to him about it. Let ponder it over With the Holy Spirit, he wants us to do that. He is our counselor, right? He is our counselor. He's the one that shows us and guides us into all truth. We are to sign up for counseling with the Holy Spirit. In John 16, 13, write this scripture down so you can meditate on it during this season. But it says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth because he does not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. If you don't know how this word is going to come to pass, you need to go spend time with Holy Spirit because he's a supernatural being that lives in your natural being. And he will show you natural steps to do and to walk ahead and to move right into that promise that he's given you. We need the Holy Spirit to disclose to us what the word given to us means and how to accomplish it. This is why we clear the way for the Holy Spirit. This is why we put our phones down. This is why we shut the door to our house and we just give him time to speak to us and to our children 
Amen? Because we need to hear his advice. We need to hear his counsel. So we treasure and we ponder those words that seem to be lost. There was another encounter that Mary and Joseph had, and it was a little bit after he had been born. And it was the encounter in the temple with Simeon and Anna. You remember that story? They went to take Jesus to the temple to be dedicated, like we do here. And in the temple, they met two elderly people. And Simeon and Anna had been in the temple dedicating their lives to this promise that God had made to Israel. And so when Mary and Joseph came and brought their child to dedicate to the Lord, the two dedications collided together. And that's what we're going to talk about, the dedications of both Mary and Joseph in their son Jesus and Simeon and Anna. It's found in Luke 2, 22 through through 24. It says, They brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what has been stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young doves. And you thought that song was just a coincidence, right? (laughs) Two turtle doves. (laughs) It's in the Bible. They gave Jesus back to God. And I think that that says so much to what we need to do with those promises. Those words that have been given to us, we can't figure them out. They're breaking our heart. You know, we're just, we're lost. We give them back to the Lord. We say, here you go, God. This was always yours. And I'm going to give it back to you. I'm submitting it to your goodness and your love over me. And that's what they did. They gave Jesus back to the Lord. We give up our right to define his promise. We give up our right to navigate his promise in our lives. We give up our right to make it happen. We can't make it happen. And we give up our right to say how it should happen. We trust God to fulfill it. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, and everyone loves this verse until we have to apply it to our life, right? (laughs) Then it becomes one of those verses that make us really angry. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts higher than yours. But God, you gave me a promise. But God, I thought it was going to look like this. He said, no, I'm not down there with you. I don't define things like you define things. I, I live up here in eternity where I see hearts and lives for eternity, right? We dedicate our promise to him and we let him receive the glory for what he wants to do in our life. And that is so much easier said than done. So much easier said than done. Now on to Simeon and Anna. So at the temple, they were an older man and an older woman who had been faithful. They spent years praying and fasting. Years. They're probably in their 80s. 
that God would deliver the nation of Israel. If you didn't remember, they're under Roman occupation, right? They have leaders in their community, but they're not free. They're ruled, right, by the Romans. So they wanted to be free. They wanted to have freedom in their nation again. And so Simeon, praying over and over and over, the Holy Spirit told him that he would see the deliverer. He would see the deliverer. So I could just imagine that Simeon thought he would see a political hero, right? One of those guys on a horse that would come in and take over, charismatic leader, right? That would win over the crowd, that would raise up resistance, and they would defeat the Roman nation. He wasn't looking for a baby. (laughs) He wasn't looking for a baby. But when he was at home one day, the Holy Spirit nudged him and said, Simeon, it's time. Go to the temple. I'm going to show you the deliverer of Israel. And he was able to hear him, and he was able to obey him and go to the temple, and he was introduced to Jesus because of his dedication and his willingness to hear the Holy Spirit, he was able to see the promise before he died. Anna as well, she was an older woman who had been widowed, and she was a prophet. She was so faithful in fasting and praying. She as well was able to see this little baby Jesus that was going to deliver not only Israel, but the world. And there's something important to consider when reading the story of Simeon and Anna. Because we see dedication, but we also see consecration. And consecration is a very powerful word. Because when we consecrate our lives, we are set apart. We're holy. We're set apart for God. We're no longer used ordinarily. You're not an ordinary person when you consecrate your life. You're, not, you're no longer secular. You have a higher purpose. You have a greater usefulness. And that's what Simeon and Anna were able to do. They consecrated their life by ministering to the Lord. Therefore, they were able to hear the voice of the Lord and to see the promise. So we set apart our lives for God's glory. And we're able to hear the voice of the Lord say, it's time Here he is. Do this. Move here, right? Work on this. We're able to take that supernatural promise and work it into our natural lives when we consecrate our life to the Lord. A consecrated life leads us to the promises of the Lord. So we have dedication and we have consecration with our promises. So in conclusion, I told you it was going to be fast. What has God said over your life? Because God told Mary amazing things. But yet Mary had a difficult time because before her eyes, it was playing out completely different than what she thought. Mary watched her son be crucified on a cross after receiving the promise that he would be the deliverer. But I believe she was prepared. I believe she was ready. I believe she had the faith to believe that God was going to do it no matter what it looked like. And she trusted him to bring the promise to pass. And we too, we have to hold on to our promise. 
Doesn't matter what is look, it looks like. It doesn't matter how low, right, life is getting. We have to hold on to the word God has given us. In Hebrews 10, 23, it says, Let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering, even in the sad times, even in the broke times, right? Hold fast to the confession of our hope, for he who promised is faithful. God wants us to hold on to him and his word today. No matter what, no matter what it feels like, we tell our emotions to get in check, right? With our spirit. And we hold on to the word God has said. So we're going to remember, first of all, we affirm our identity in who he is and who Jesus is. We treasure the promise We hold it close to our heart. We don't forget. We don't treat it as common. This is a promise that God gave you. We ponder it in our heart with the Holy Spirit. We ask him questions. We work it out. We let him counsel us into what our next move is. We dedicate our promise. We give it back to the Lord. We take our hands off of it. And we say, God, you tell me what it looks like. You define it. You show me. You lead me. You make it the way you want it to be. And then finally, we consecrate our lives to him. So that when we're ready, when he's ready to reveal our next step, we can hear him. We're not bogged down by the cares of the world. We're focused, right? Our our eyes are focused on God. So that when he says, go to the temple, the deliverer is here. We can hear him. So his word over you will not fail. That promise he's given you, it's not gone anywhere. I just want to invite you today to just grab onto it and hold on to the promises that God has for you. This is what he's saying in this Christmas season, and I believe this is what he's saying in this room this morning. So I want to invite you to close your eyes with me and I'm just going to speak a blessing and a prayer over your lives and your family's lives as we close. Father, I thank you that your word never returns void. And we will not question it. We will not give up on what you've said about our lives, about our children, about our marriages, about our careers. God, but we will hold fast to the promise, not wavering in our faith, knowing that what you did on the cross for us creates a new life for us. So we dedicate that promise to you. We consecrate our lives to you, Lord Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we're listening for your direction. We're listening for your guidance and your counsel in these words spoken over our lives. So we thank you that you're faithful. We thank you that we can stand on your word and be immovable and resolved to see it come to pass. In Jesus' name, amen.